City Talk UK with Michelle Livesey. We've been hearing a lot about the NHS crisis. Well, today we're being told our schools are at melting point too. There's a warning the number of teachers leaving the profession is at an all-time high. In fact, a report out today shows over 10,000 have left UK secondary schools since 2010. Pete Glovers from the NUT. It's an unsustainable situation, so there's a, there's a crisis in head teachers, there's a crisis of teacher recruitment, and it is significant and I think every single head would say that there are problems with the recruitment. We've been investigating the reasons why teachers are quitting. For many it's the workload and the pay but some say it's down to daily abuse and even assaults in the classroom. Our reporter Tom Dambach has been speaking to one teacher who gave up the job she loved. I've been kicked, I've been bitten, I've been spat at, I've been pinched, um, the table's been launched across the room at you or, or a computer's been launched at the uh, chairs. I've been rugby tackled into a glass door. It got so bad for Perry, a former teacher from Leeds, that she quit because of continued abuse from a pupil. I liked my job an awful lot, don't get me wrong. I absolutely enjoyed every minute of it, helping the pupils that were coming in. And I ended up having to leave because of one particular student in the end where I just kind of like, I can't do this anymore, it's just too much. The GMB unions say the number of education workers who are seriously injured has shot up by nearly 25% in the past five years. It comes, though, as no surprise to Perry, who's calling for a zero-tolerance approach. You have to hide things, like you have to hide the scissors or you have to hide anything that could be sharp because you're constantly thinking... Right, that could be used as a weapon. That could be used as a weapon. We need to make sure that those things are not left unattended and all this kind of stuff. That's what you're doing. It's claimed it's leading to a climate of stress and fear. Perry says more support for staff is the answer. One of the biggest things is the support and to actually acknowledge that this is happening and not bury everybody's head in the sand because I think a lot of that gets buried. They don't want to say this is happening. We all know that it is. I think there has to be consequences. There are calls now for schools, including here in Leeds, to sign up to a code of conduct that ensures incidents are dealt with properly. City Talk UK. The police chief in charge of our roads says it's time to get tough on speeding drivers once and for all. Never mind getting a ticket for going 10% over the limit. Chief Constable Anthony Bangham says that should be reduced to 1%. He says drivers ought to be embarrassed when they get caught, not surprised. Our reporter, Natalie Bell's in Hull with one man who agrees with this wholeheartedly. My name's Stephen Mira Blount and I'm from Cave Street in Hull. It was back in 2006. There was myself, my brother and our brother-in-law Mike. I was just crossing Beverly Road. It was late at night. And as we started walking across the road, we noticed just one set of headlights way in the distance. But what we didn't know was that it was actually travelling at 65 miles an hour in a 30 mile an hour zone. And within seconds, he'd mown all three of us down. And tragically, my brother died technically as he hit the floor and they turned his life support off later that night. You never get over something like this, do you? Oh, absolutely not. I mean, it's tragic enough losing a, a close relative by any circumstances, but to be taken out by somebody else with a stupid, stupid mistake, it's twice as unbearable. We've got to live with that, or with all the what-ifs and if only we'd done this. We've been tormenting ourselves like that for 12 years, and it's as plain to us now as the day it happened. Well, today Britain's Roads Policing Chief is calling for drivers to be fined, even if they go just one mile per hour over the speed limit. Do you welcome that? 
I do, I totally agree with him. It's a speed limit. If it wanted to be 31, it would say 31 or 32, but it says 30 in a 30 zone. To go over it, they've got nobody to blame but themselves. Some drivers might say, well, one mile per hour is not going to make any difference. What, what would you say to that? Probably not, but it's still illegal. It's still breaking the law. And if you don't want to be fined, don't do it. This way, everybody's clear you can't break the speed limit by any means. One limit or 10, 20 miles an hour, it's all the same. Three people are in hospital in Glasgow after three separate drug incidents at a gig last night. Police think they all took MDMA whilst watching a set by American DJ Steve Aoki at the O2 Academy. Our Glasgow reporter Colin Stone's there for us. Well, it's all quiet outside the venue in Glasgow's south side just now, but late last night, two 16-year-olds, a boy and a girl and a 20-year-old man, were taken to the Queen Elizabeth University Hospital for treatment. They're believed to be in a stable condition, although medical staff say they're getting giving cause for concern. Police say the trio were not known to each other and one line of inquiry being followed is that a type of MDMA was taken. Well, last night's incidents have brought the issue of drugs in Scotland's clubs and venues back to the fore. The death of a 17-year-old girl meant the famous Arches venue in the city closed for good and two people died at the last tea in the park in 2016. Late last year, talks were being held to potentially introduce a scheme in which users' substances were checked at the door of venues used to see if they were safe. It's already been seen at some events and festivals in England. Donald McLeod is the owner of Glasgow's Garage Nightclub. He says they need to know more from experiences down south. What have the results been? Did it save lives? Has it been accepted? Up here, we haven't got there yet. There's a zero-tolerance position from Police Scotland. We've seen deaths, tragically. We've had them from festivals, we've had them in nightclubs. Drugs don't mix well with alcohol, we know that. Police say anyone still feeling unwell after last night's gig should seek medical attention urgently. City Talk UK with Michelle Livesey. Now, there's lots of do's and don'ts for pregnant women these days when it comes to diets, but one thing scientists are saying is necessary is folic acid. They say it could help reduce the number of babies born with birth defects. At the moment, expectant mums are advised to take folic acid tablets, but many don't, so there are now calls for the government to make the vitamin mandatory and add it to flour so that women are taking it anyway. The research suggests 3,000 birth defects could have been avoided if it had happened 20 years ago. Sally Wallace's son Noah was born with spina bifida six years ago. She's been speaking to our reporter Astrid Quinn. When the doctors say to you, you know, that you're carrying a disabled child, your whole world completely falls apart. And I remember it so vividly. And I wouldn't wish that on anybody because it is horrendous. What sort of a difference could it make to the lives of expectant mums, mums who are trying to have kids? If I had been made aware of taking that three months before conception, and maybe, just maybe, it would have made Noah able to walk, basically. Hundreds of jobs are on the line as Marks & Spencer closes yet more stores across the country. There are plans to shut down 14 in total in places like Greater Manchester, Yorkshire, Merseyside and County Durham. Our reporter Becky Carhill's here to explain more about it. I guess not really what staff were expecting to come in today, was it? No. Across the country, around 470 jobs are at risk. Now, bosses say they need to close their unprofitable stores as part of a restructuring programme. They say they don't want anyone to leave 
MS and they're committing to speaking with every person individually about what's best for them before considering redundancies. So do we know exactly why this decision's been taken? Well, it forms part of the Chief Exec's five-year turnaround plan, but it does, of course, come at a testing time for the high street. We've seen large-scale job cuts at the likes of B&Q, Asda and Tesco recently as well. And the high street's been hammered by Brexit, fueled inflation, which has sent the cost of goods rocketing. M&S say they need to make sure they've got the right offering in the right locations. City Talk UK. Once upon a time, there was a mummy and daddy who used to always read to their child before bed. Well, apparently not anymore. The National Literacy Trust says parents spend less than 35 minutes a week reading to their children. So they've now launched a campaign to get mums and dads to pick up a book. Claire Arger runs reading groups in the West Midlands. Children who enjoy reading do better at school, at work and in life than their peers who don't enjoy reading. So encouraging your, your children to pick up a book that interest them and that they're going to enjoy is is really really crucial we went along to one of the events to speak to some parents there to find out how much of a difference it actually makes i read to him every night he goes to sleep i read him a story that i've made up in my mind about him and like dogs about a castle saving the day she's starting to talk so it's just getting extra vocabulary that i probably wouldn't say he'll say oh what's that word and then you have to elaborate a bit better So yeah, it does. I think it is helpful. And finally, from teaching your kids to read to teaching a whale to speak. That's what a team at a French marine theme park have been doing. Waiki is 16 years old and has apparently been learning basic words. Hello. Ah, Amy. Ah. One, two, three. Ah. Bye-bye. I'll leave you to make your mind up on that one. That's your latest. You bang up to date. City Talk UK.